How are you doing? Good, good. Turn to your neighbor, ask somebody around you how they're doing. Greet, greet a couple of people there. Great. And everybody watching online, we're super excited that you join us. And uh, we just pray the same thing for everybody, whether you're watching online, whether you're in the building, that God would use this moment right here to do something in your life. Could I get an amen on that? Like to speak. I mean, we're going to have to go to work tomorrow, right? We're going to have to deal with family tomorrow or maybe this afternoon. I mean, we need God to help us, right? We need God. And uh, these moments like this, I feel like we, we have to take advantage of when we When we set time aside, we've given God, uh, you know, a spot of time that's just for him today. We've worshiped. And I'm praying that now through the rest of this service that God will speak to your heart and change you forever. That's what I pray. Do what only he can do. But before I jump into the message, we're starting a new series that I'm super excited about. Um, on your seat, there are some little invite cards. And I want to remind you that one of the most incredible days in Christianity is coming up in two weeks. The linchpin of Christianity. The, the most incredible day ever. And it's Easter. That's the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. None of us would be here. Can I tell you all that? It is a, it is a good story up until then. If he was still in the tomb... We'd all be doing something else. It's the resurrection that, that ignited the whole thing, that solidified it. And uh, so I love Easter for two reasons. One, it's because we get to celebrate very vividly. We get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And two, it's the single most attended church day of the year. So what that means for you and me is we just need a little tool, these little cards. We just need a little help and an opportunity and pray that God would orchestrate an, an opportunity for us. Some, give us some, encourage, uh, some courage and give us the words to speak to invite somebody close to us to come and spend it with you that day. If people are going to attend anyways, let us be a part of that process. Amen? Hey, I believe God's called South Point to not just like... Not just us, 400 that, that go to two services here to hang out and ride the Jesus bus till he comes back. Woo, that was close. We made it. Not at all. Like, we, we are put, you realize even strategically where we're put location-wise in Oklahoma City? Like, I feel like God put South Point here strategically for a reason. There, there, there are so many people moving into this area that drive by this area. When we first came to South Point, we thought all of our growth would be South Oklahoma City. But you know what we found? It's about half of our growth is South Oklahoma City, and the other half is south of the river. Like, we're in such a great spot. And I just pray every week that God would use you and me. That's how he's going to do it. That's how he's going to do it. Amen? That God would use you and me to reach our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, our families, and be a little light in their life and help change their lives. Be a part of what God's doing on this planet. All right? If you believe that, say Amen. And give your neighbor a wet willy and we'll get started. Don't do that. You'll get in a fight. You know how many years it's been since I said wet willy? I'm going to have to start using that more often. That may have even been decades. <laughs> I'm super glad that you're here. We're starting a series the next three weeks leading us up to Easter called The Way of the Cross. This is The Way of the Cross. What, what does that mean? It, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the cross the next three weeks. But we're not going to talk specifically about that wooden beam structure, if that makes sense. Because what's important is really not the cross. Did you know that? The cross isn't important. We use that as a symbol to remind us. But there were tens of thousands of people, amen, there were tens of thousands of people killed on that cross. You know that was invented as a slow-killing mechanism, slow-killing tool. I don't really want to remember the cross. Now, again, I use it to remember what's important, 
And what's important is who died on that cross. Because, see, there were, there were tons of criminals, thousands and thousands of criminals that were sentenced to death on the cross. There were enemies of the Roman, uh, of the Roman army that were defeated, and there were a lot of them that were killed on a cross. And there were people that just did somebody wrong and somebody with power sentenced them to death. But let me just tell you, there's one person that was killed on the cross that made a difference in our lives. There's one person, and he is, what God calls him is his son. What man calls him is our Messiah. He's the chosen one. He is the one that, that changed everything. And today I want to just, I want to break down a couple of things that happened through the cross. Not necessarily because of that wooden structure, because I think whatever, if they would have beheaded Jesus, if it had been a firing squad, whatever it would have been in whatever decade or century, the result would have still been the same. Amen? That, that our lives would be changed forever. So let's just use the cross as a symbol today. Let's take it apart. Let's talk about, you know what, as we build up to Easter, what are some things that we can remember? What are some things, a little, throw a little log on the fire. Do you, ever, do you ever need your fire, your spiritual fire, stirred up a little bit, or is that just me? Yeah, this, I see some heads nodding. Everybody do this. If that's you, you do this. That helps me out. That's awesome. Now, I'm going to video that and send it to some fun music, and that'll go viral all over the place. Everybody, look at this church. This is awesome. Yeah, it's a great place to be. Can y'all tell I'm fired up today? I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, I'm so, this, this series, I've been waiting for about a month to get into this series because of what it is about. So if you have your orange bulletin, inside there are some notes. If you're following online, you can jump on version, uh, grab the notes with us, and uh, let's jump into this. And I want to start by giving you the, the first thing that I want to explain to you. I've never heard this in a message this way. I've heard it explained to me. But listen, the message of the cross is this. Are you ready? Here's the message of the cross. Take, take a guess real quick. You don't have to say it out loud, but just take a guess in your mind what you think it is going to be before they put it on the screen. The message of the cross was this. Are you ready for that? It's simple. That's what the message is. Simple. Simple. Now, I'm not going to explain it all, but I'm going to reiterate. I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about is the word simple. The, the, the message of the cross was to make it simple. Do you realize before Jesus, do you realize the process of being righteous? You realize the process to be forgiven, to be right standing with God? I mean, there were 613 laws, just the laws that you had to know. That you had to memorize. As a, as a young, by the time you were a young teenage boy in the, the Hebrew culture, the Jewish culture, you had to have that memorized. Super excited. Well, I feel like 50 states isn't bad. You know? I mean, like 613 laws. Are you kidding? Yes. All day, every day. That was it. And then to be forgiven. Oh, well, it was complex. Let me just say that. Not to mention you had to commit yourself to Christ, to God. If you had sin in your life, there was one of 7 to 13, depending on when it was, different sacrifices, offerings that you had to give to God. To cleanse this part of your life, to cleanse this part of your life, to get this thing right, to get this one going, to bless your family, to bless your kids, to remove your past, to bless your future. All of these different things that you had to do in life just to get saved. How many of you know that's not good for church growth? I'm not kidding you. And when Jesus came, 
The message that he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take all of that. We're going to take the whole Old Testament, 4,000 years. We're going to take all of that, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to simplify it. We're going to simplify it. And, and I'm not going to read out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John on this, but I'm going to read you one of my favorite stories. Just, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, and I'll tell it to you, out of Acts chapter 16. Because in Acts 16, it's more of a guy like maybe some of us in this room. Because this is the story of when Paul and Silas were jailed for being Christians. Don't we live in a great country? No matter what you've you got going on social media or your political views, or whatever, we live in an amazing country. Paul and Silas were preaching Jesus. They were thrown in jail. They were flogged. They were beaten. They were thrown back in jail. And they started singing. This is in Acts chapter 16. They were like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's talk bad about all the people that beat us today. Nah, let's don't do that. Do y'all think that maybe that was some of the conversation? How about this? How about in spite of what has happened, how about we still praise God? How about just like the song we sang, how about we're going to choose to praise God? So let's, let's, in spite of our circumstances, let's start worshiping. What, what song are you going to sing? Oh, I don't know. Silas, sing something. Just start us off. Silas, probably something like that. Now, probably not, probably, probably an old psalm. Y'all hit me up later. I got the whole song. I can do it for you. Lyrics, everything. Um, I was an 80s kid. I'm sorry. All of us can do that. It's just part of you're born with that DNA. Acts 16, Paul and Silas start, start singing. They start worshiping God. Just out of the overflow of their heart. They're beaten. They're in stocks and chains. They're behind closed bars. They're in a dungeon, it says. They're in the basement prison and all of a sudden something really strange happens it's in the middle of the night they're worshiping and it says that an earthquake came the jail shook and the doors opened and the shackles came off now I don't know about you but I don't care how bad I've been beat thinking that this may happen again tomorrow if the doors open and that jailer was sitting there on this little stool that's how I kind of picture you know a little wooden three-legged stool something like you know Shrek but Jesus time, you know, like that. Are y'all with me on that? Y'all playing along? And all that he would have seen was just, just me, me gone. I'm, I'm out of there. But you know what? The jailer wakes up and he says, oh my goodness, the, the prisoners have gotten loose. They're going to kill me. And they're going to kill me. And, and to prove the point, you know what the Roman guards would do? If you let prisoners loose, they would kill you. And then they would come and get your family and drag your family out and kill them too. It's not the, not the jailer's fault, but he, his whole family's fixed. He starts freaking out and screaming. And you know what he hears in Acts 16? He hears Paul and Silas saying, hey, friend, don't worry, we're still here. They, they knew. How, how Jesus do you have to be to stick around because you don't want the jailer and his family to get hurt? How incredibly godly do you have to be? Paul and Silas no, knew Jesus. You understand that? Like they, they had a relationship with Jesus. And they begin to sing. And the jailer comes in and talks to him. And they said, man, you need what we have. He's crying. He's freaking out. He's excited. And listen to what he says. I want to read you this verse. He's probably like a, a Shrek meets Barney Five. This is what I'm picturing. Are you all with me on this? Get a good, vivid picture, right? Okay. Acts 16.30 And he then brought them out of that cell and he asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Have you ever had anybody ask you that? Have you ever, what do I have to do to be a Christian? 
Well, you start with 613 laws, okay? You got to get all those worked in. Then you need some grain offering, and then you need to do a wave offering. All right, that's how it goes. You got to get the leg going. Uh, and then you have to do um, a sin offering, okay? You have to do a sin offering. So you'll need to get the best of your flock, the cows, pigs, chickens, goats, whatever. Bring them. We're going to slice and dice them, kill them. You don't get anything for that. And then we're just going to keep down the list. We're going to talk about what the prophet said, added to those 613 laws, some things that we have to do. We're going to talk about what the priests, because you have to take all that to the priest and then they make a judgment call on it and you may have to go do some extra things like you know we need 40 push-ups for this guy run three laps for these people that kind of stuff I mean they could just say whatever God laid on them for the sin and you had to do that to be saved but you know what Paul and Silas said they preached some simple here we go you ready you see it right behind me they replied believe everybody say believe oh come on say it like you're saved say believe, believe. yeah they said believe in the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. And look what they threw in. Look what they threw in. You and your household. Romans ain't going to touch you. God's got you. They immediately, it says, the story says that they took them down. They received, there in their whole household received Christ. They went to his house. They started eating supper. They started telling them, man, your next step, what you need to do is be baptized. And you know what he said? I know where there's water. Let's go. And it said him and his whole family were baptized that night. Can I tell you that the message of the cross is simple. It is to believe in Jesus Christ. That's it. Aren't you glad you came today? The, the message of the cross isn't about the cross at all. It was the message of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to come and take this giant complex network of religious rules. And I'm going to bring it down to one. And it is to believe. The Greek word believe is pistuos. Pistuos means, means to Set your life upon, to trust in, to rely upon, or to conform to. Like, I, I, I am taking my life and I am believing in Christ. Not like Santa or the Tooth Fairy or the Easter Bunny, not that kind of stuff. I'm talking about I'm going to believe. I mean, like, I'm going to believe when we come to my finances, I'm going to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? When I come to dating, come on, I'm going to go over here with some young people. I'm going to come to dating, I'm going to believe Jesus is in my dating. That's a good spot for y'all to amen, right? You ever done that before? Practice once, say amen. Perfect. Work on that. Perfect. You, you understand? Like, that's what believe meant. Well, I need to get baptized. Let's go. I know where there's some water. That, I'm, I'm believing my life. I'm putting it in Jesus' hands. Don't worry about the laws. Jesus will take care of that in your life. Don't worry about what all the prophets said. If you'll stay focused on him. And in fact, Jesus remarks that multiple times. It's on our wall out there. Jesus said, let me, let me sum it all up. This is it. Love God and love people. If you'll focus on that, God will work out all of the laws that you need to be paying attention to in your life without you ever knowing a law. It was simple. The message of the cross was simple. We needed that. How many of you need it in this room? You need it to be simple. I, I couldn't do I can barely do simple. I couldn't do 613. I couldn't do all what the prophet said and the, then go get the priest's interpretation and let them out. I couldn't do that. So many people couldn't. Jesus said, I'm going to come and I'm going to make it simple. You just believe. Stick, stick with believing every day. Believe in your relationships. Believe on Sunday. But go ahead and believe on Monday too. Believe on Wednesday. Believe on the really, really good days. But believe on the really, really bad days also. You believe and you can be saved. And we're going to get into what you're 
saved from. All right. The second point I want you to get from today is the purpose of the cross. And this is it. The purpose of the cross is, and it's kind of, let me just be honest with you. There's about 416,000 purposes of the cross. It affected lots of areas. What Jesus did on the cross, not the wooden thing, but what Jesus did. But I'm going to cover two today because I want you walking out of here with some ammo in your spiritual guns. Does that sound good? I want, I want you to be locked and loaded for things that come against you in life. I want you to be able to say, well, listen, when I believed on Jesus, these things happened in my life. All right? The first one is this, that the cross, the purpose was about providing salvation. Jesus simplified that salvation, but it was about providing salvation because, and you can read about this, the way that God orchestrated sin, life, righteousness, is that once sin was committed, the only thing that would cleanse that was blood. In fact, in, in Hebrews 9, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So that's why I commented a while ago that you would bring your sin offering, whatever time of year that was, you'd bring your sin offering to the priest. The priest would take it back. He would sacrifice for you, and he would come out and let you know whether that was good or not, whether there was something else, whether that would work. But can I tell you, here's a, here's a, here's a wild part about all that blood sacrifice and atoning for sin. It, it didn't cancel it out. It just bought us time. You know what I mean? It, just, it didn't like do away with all of my past. It didn't do away with the effects of sin in my life. It didn't do a, away with the spiritual condemnation, all those things. It just a, a, atoned is the word they would use for it. It just bought us some time until Jesus came. And I want to read you one of my favorite scriptures. Punch your neighbor in the arm and say, this is his favorite. Hebrews 10. Probably all of these are my favorite today, but we're going to keep saying it. This says, but when this priest, Hebrews 10, 12, when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Okay, I got to read that again. I got to read that again. But, you ready? You ready? But when this priest. See, in, in Hebrews 9 and 10, remember we just read, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. They're kind of giving us the way the law used to work. The priest would have to take it back. They'd have to sacrifice for you. And then Paul says, but hold on. But there was this one priest, the whole story. This one priest, Jesus, when he died, when he shed his blood, there's no other priest dying for you. There's one priest. And when he died, well, he just copped a squat right next to God the Father. You understand? Like he just, he was like, that's done. Sit down. Can't bend that far. I'll fall backwards. Set out the right hand of God, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, him dying on the cross, that one sacrifice has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Who's he talking about being made holy? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. People that have put their faith, they simply believe in Jesus. We are, through the process of God's word and the Holy Spirit, that's it. The Holy Spirit in your life and God's word in your life. Throughout your life, we are being made more holy and more holy and more holy and more holy and more holy every single day. And he said, it is for you. It is for you that I gave my life. And for that sacrifice, we're being made perfect day after day after day, after day, as we become more like him. That cross, that cross was about salvation, saving us. 
from this world, from our sins, from ourselves. And the second thing is, the second purpose of the cross was about defeating Satan. I just threw this in because you need, you need another bullet in your barrel, so to speak. It was about defeating Satan. Did you know that? Because if you read some other, there's so much I want to put in this thing. But Jesus said, I saw Lucifer fall from heaven like fire, or like lightning, one says, to the earth. I saw God. I was there when, when Lucifer, one of the three archangels, when he rebelled against God, when he caused a war in heaven. I was there when he got all cocky and said, I can do this better than God and persuaded the angels to come, some of the angels to come with him. I saw God say enough and cast him out of heaven. Jesus said, I saw that. And so, part of this is to set people free from him. That work, that, that, that blood that we were using to save us wasn't really saving us. It was just buying us time. But when Jesus came, this priest, when this priest shed his blood, he sat down next to the Father because he knew that that blood, every day in our lives, when we put our faith and believe in him, when you believe in him at school, when you believe in him at work, when you believe in him in the middle of a good day, in the middle of a bad week, when you believe in him, you are being made more in his image Every single day, more holy, being made more perfect, drawn closer to him, being less of you and more of him every single day. That's about defeating Satan. You want to cause rebellion? You want to cause problems in people's lives? That's why I love John 19.30. I think about, like, what did that mean? You know what 19.30 says? Jesus, right before he breathed his last breath, he said three words. It is finished. It is finished. You no longer win. You no longer have a hold on people. You no longer, we're going to sacrifice for their sins, but you no longer have a spiritual hold on them. My sacrifice, my life sets people free completely. Amen? Whew. Almost dance a little jig for that one. I'm telling you, that's good stuff. It was about defeating Satan. It was about setting us free from him. Jesus didn't have any problem with him. But it was about setting those who he loved free. That it is finished giving my life, giving his life, set us free. But let's, let's finish with the second half of the message. And here's, here's my favorite part. It's the power that came out of that cross. What Jesus did on the cross, there's some power. And the reason I say that, there's a bunch of these that I could have listed today. But I want you to get these three. Because every time, listen, I don't care how old you are, how new you are to faith, to, to Christianity, to Jesus. When you believe, when you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust Jesus with my life, with my judgment, with my thoughts, with my habits. When I trust him, there are things that happen supernaturally in your life. And that's what I wanted to point out today. Those things happened because of what he did on that cross. Here, here's the first one. The first thing that happened is that sin died. We're just going to pigtail off of defeating Satan, but sin died. And here's what I want you to know, that the hold that sin has on your life died. Before, before Christ, we only hope we had that God would have mercy on us in judgment. The, 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 the animal offering, that bided us sometimes from God's immediate judgment. But that sin had to be paid for somewhere. And all the junk that came with sin. But in the Death of Christ in that blood of Jesus being shed on that cross. Can you even imagine that? In that blood being shed, sins hold in our lives was taken away. 
Listen to what it says in Romans 6, 14. It says this, that for sin shall no longer be your master. Can I get amen right there? No longer be your master because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Like, listen, I still have to deal with sin from the outside, but it no longer masters me. Amen? I, I have hope. You, you have hope when you put your faith in Christ. Sin is no longer, the devil is no longer, wickedness is no longer your master. You can say no. And I know this would be real hard for y'all that know me to believe, but I actually talk to the devil sometimes. And these are some of the scriptures that I quote. Hey, you know what's great about me serving God? Is that Satan's already judged, done. There is no hope. There's no salvation plan for him. And you know what's great about that is he throws stones at me. I just get to look in God's word. And I say things like, hmm, I say things like 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, there is no condemnation in them. They've been made a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. That's a good spot for an amen. Let me read that one more time. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. All right, thank you very much. The old has gone and the new is here. Those are some of the things I say, like Romans 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. Listen, he's not my master anymore. The old Scott's been crucified. When I, when I laid my life down and gave him my life, I became crucified like he was. I'm crucified in Christ. And what he did on that cross, it affects me. It, it goes on, it says, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. I love reading those kind of scriptures. Just go, hey, devil, you have no hold on me. You can throw stones, you can tempt me, you can put things in my path, but I'm always going to come back to my only hope. I'm going to come back to what Jesus did on the cross because he separated me from sin. Sin doesn't have to be my master anymore. I can master it. Amen? The second one is this, that hell was defeated. Woo, I love that. Hell is defeated. John 5 says it like this. Very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes. Everybody say believes. Big difference. If we just said, here's my words, that would mean a whole different thing. But whoever hears my words and believes, him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. That's going back and saying, hell, your job, your job is defeated. What you wanted to do, Satan, pull God's kids away from him, it's broken. I broke it. It doesn't happen anymore. Come on, y'all, act like I'm preaching a little bit good today. I'm super feeling this. And I want you to feel it. I want you to understand that Jesus did some things that change how you perceive this world. How you understand love. How you understand forgiveness. We are so far past that we have a great understanding of many of these things. But I want to tell you, for, for people, especially during Bible times, during New Testament times, understanding what Jesus did on that cross because of who he was, was a life-changing event. Understanding that you set me free, you defeated Satan, you, you canceled hell in my life. Hell, Paul says, oh, death, where is your sting? Where's your sting? We're all going to die, but it's not going to hurt because... To be absent from the body, Paul said, is to actually be present with the Lord. So it's when to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's another one from Paul. He's trying to help us to understand that hell and the, the, the fear of hell has been defeated completely and totally. Romans 8 says this, Therefore there is 
No condemnation for those who are in Christ. Somebody needs to circle that today. For when you're feeling condemned, when you're feeling like, man, I, just, I made mistakes this week, or whatever, like Jesus understood that is the reason he didn't ask you to die for our sins. Come on. He, he understands that we make mistakes and we need that simple salvation of trusting in him. So that, let's go back to Hebrews 10, so that day by day, you and I, because of that sacrifice on the cross, are being made more perfect and more holy and more in his image every single day. That's my hope. Amen? That's my hope every single day. And the last one is this, probably my favorite point of the day. This is the power of the cross. When Jesus laid down his life, Heaven is delivered to you and I. There's no other way. You go through the Old Testament and just have a ball. Jump off in some Leviticus and Deuteronomy and just read for days. And there's, there's no talk of heaven and earth. There's no talk of God saying, man, if, you, if these things happen, I'll come down and bless you with my, my presence. Individuals, every now and then he would pick, but not everybody. Not everybody, that, that's for the future. That's for when Christ gave his life on that cross. He joined heaven and earth. Listen listen to what it says in 1 John 4, 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, then God lives in them and they in him. Do you understand the hope that you and I have because of that old rugged cross that we sing about that probably in all actuality other people died on before Jesus and after Jesus other people died on same cross but there's something about what happened with that one person when the son of God who was a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God when he knowingly laid down his life for us knowingly took the scourging from the guards punched in the face kicked stabbed, spit on by the crowd, pushed down by the crowd. When, when, that, when he knowingly did that, it's okay, it's okay. It's part of the plan. It's okay, it's okay. It, it's part of me setting everybody free. It's okay, it's okay. It's part of simplifying all of these 4,000 years of religion to one statement, believe. Believe what you see on the cross is the Messiah. Believe that he came out of heaven for you. Believe that song that we sang that is based off of scripture that he would leave the 99 for the one. Jesus gave that illustration about himself. It's not just for the, the Jewish nation because most of them didn't even believe. It's for the world, he said. Whoever, whoever, whoever would believe and acknowledge him God will live in you and you in him. That's the way of the cross. That's the hope that I have leading up to Easter. It's really, it's really a great thing to celebrate because I already know the story. But can I tell you, if, if Jesus would have been killed yesterday, it'd be a rough day today. Thank God. Thank God in heaven that we understand in retrospect that he also rose to just show the cross wasn't an anomaly. The cross wasn't just like everybody else. It was different. And throughout our lives, day by day, we get to learn that. We get to become more like him. And we get to take on our cross. Lord, I'll do that for you. I'll walk that way for you. I'll choose not to walk that way for you. 
And in that, God resides in us and us in him. That's our hope. That's our hope today. I, I, I want to just pray and ask God over these next two weeks that he will help through whenever you read your Bible, whenever you pray, whenever you sing for the next couple of weeks, that God would just continually remind you that that was all done for you. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ because he did that for you. Amen? And he'd do it again today. He'd do it for one. He'd leave the 99 to go seek you out, to save you. That's my prayer. God would help us understand that. And he would also help us to see the person sitting in the cubicle next to us, the desk in third hour, neighbor, family member. Say, that may be the one. That may be the one that God wants to bring closer to him this time, this year. Can we pray and ask God to help us to walk in the full power that he gave on the cross? Let's do that today. Today, Lord, thank you so much for all that was done on the cross. Thank you that the message was simple, to take the super complex process of salvation, righteousness, and holiness, and bring it down to one statement, to believe in him. Thank you, Lord, that it was simple. Thank you that you had a purpose of defeating Satan and bringing salvation to all mankind, that whoever would believe, whoever would believe could know you. And thank you, Lord, that everyone that believes in you, we walk in that power, the power of the cross that you demonstrated on that cross. The power that even though the the world fights us, that you overcame the world so that we can too. We can take heart and overcome the world with you. Lord, I pray that each day of our lives that you would remind us that we walk in that power, a power that sets us free from sin that we don't have to be mastered by anymore. A power to listen to your word and obey it. A power to hear your Holy Spirit guiding us through life. A power to step out in courage, speak your words of love, forgiveness, authority, whatever that would be. Jesus, thank you so much for what you did on the cross. That cross is a symbol of who died on it what you did when you died and the promises that come with that. We love you, Jesus. And with your eyes still bowed, there may be, your eyes still closed and heads bowed, there may be some people in here right now today and you haven't started believing yet. You're just checking Jesus out, kind of trying to understand it, but I want to give you an opportunity today. I'm going to pray one more prayer, just a simple prayer of commitment. And if you'd say, Scott, include me in that prayer. It's time today for me to believe. I'm making a decision to open up my life and let Jesus in. To show me his ways. If that's you, I won't call you up front or embarrass you in any way. But I want to encourage you. Take, take one step of courage. And just let me know. Make a decision and let me know by just raising your hand and giving me a little wave. And it lets me know you're praying for me today. You're praying for me. Awesome. Thank you very much. You can put your hand right back down. Super proud of you. Several in here raising their hand. Very excited. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for us. For those that raise your hand as I pray, will you tell him that today? Will you tell him, say, that's me. That's me. And I, Lord, I ask you to come into my life as, as I pray. Will you pray? Let's do that today. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for seeing how much we needed a simple salvation understanding that's what we need. 
And today we realize how much we need it. These that raise their hand, they realize today they need your simple salvation. And today they open up their life, their heart, their soul, and they're putting their faith and their trust in you. Lord, I ask that as they believe that you'd come into their life and do exactly what Romans says, that you'd make them a new creation, that the old ways are gone, the old motives are gone, the old heart is gone, and the new heart after Christ is here. The new motives after God are here. Lord, the new love, the new creation is here. And from this day forward, that you'd teach them how to not be mastered by sin, teach them how to walk in your ways, and more than anything, Lord, teach them how to love you and love people in their lives. It's with great humility and great love, Lord, that we pray these prayers. It's in your name that we ask it all. Amen. Amen. And amen. Super proud of you. What a, what